Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger The name Stalgic. Nerd. Stalgic. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Beans. Um, hope you're all well. Hope you're doing good. Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic podcast. Um, for anybody returning, thank you. For anybody new, I appreciate your new custom. Um, sorry about that introduction. That was me trying to be suave and trying to be cool, trying to be bond um for anybody who hasn't read the title of this episode or and is really really confused uh today i'm going to be looking at and talking about goldeneye 007 for the nintendo 64 uh well technically it was made for the nintendo 64 but i played it on the xbox uh one because it's now backwards compatible on the xbox so i'm really, really looking forward to this one and um, there's a lot to say a lot to get into before i get into it one thing I do want to say is to make sure that you, Beans, follow me on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod to be up to date on everything, anything that I'm doing. Um, and if you're listening to this on YouTube and you haven't already, please like, subscribe, comment down below. Um, even if you're just going to say this episode was cool, you're awesome, or I hated it, you're stupid. doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Um, just more interaction on YouTube so I can grow that uh, platform uh, would actually be incredible. So, um, really, really helpful. Really, really. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so let's get into it, shall we? So, let's give you... Where are we? Here we are. Right, i got my notes. Right, so, GoldenEye 007 is a 1997 first-person shooter developed by Rare and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64. Based on the 1995 James Bond film GoldenEye, the player controls the secret agent James Bond to prevent a criminal syndicate from using a satellite weapon. And it was initial release the 23rd of August 1997. And it's now on the Xbox One. I think it's on the PlayStation as well. I'm not really sure. But I played it on the Xbox. Um, and I'll be honest, this game... If... I've always been a fan of Bond, right? So let, let's just start there. I've always been a fan of Bond. This is a bit of a story time. Um, so if anybody's returning, I do a bit of story time where before I get into the actual review, I do a little bit of story time of how it relates to me and my past and all that jazz. It kind of adds the ner- the nostalgic part of it. And then we get the nerdy part after, right? You get it? Nerdstalgic. You know, it all comes together. It makes sense, right? Anyway, um, I'm a bit chaotic today because I'm, I'm, I'm very positive, very happy and very cheery. So I do apologize for that. Um, but... As I was saying, uh, this game was very much before my time. Um, I really, really enjoyed uh, James Bond. Uh, everybody has their own sort of Bond. Like everybody has their own Doctor. Like for example, my Bond was Pierce Brosnan, who was the Bond that you play as in GoldenEye. For a lot of people, it might be Daniel. It might be. I was going to say Daniel Radcliffe, but Daniel Radcliffe's not Bond. Um, <laughs> uh, Craig. Daniel Craig, I mean, Daniel Craig could be your Bond, or it could be Sean Connery, or Roger Moore. You know, everybody has their own Bond. It's like everybody has their own doctors. It could be John Pertwee, or it could be uh, Matt Smith, you know. It just depends on what sort of generation you were brought up can tell. You can tell which generation somebody was born from their Bond or their sort of uh, doctor. You can tell how old they are. Um, Usually gauge if I'm there. But growing up, I was born in 98, so this game's only one year older than me. 
But even so, I still say it's before my time because I didn't really get into gaming until like 2002, 2003. Maybe budging close to 2004 when like you had the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox and GameCube and Dreamcast and all that jazz. So I didn't really have a Nintendo 64. I kind of missed that generation completely. So it was a game that I never really experienced. As I say, it was before my time. But I've always loved Bond. You know, I always loved Pierce Brosnan. To me, today, I will say that and maybe this is the rose-tinted glasses, and maybe this is the nostalgia, but Pierce Brosnan is the best Bond, and he is my favourite Bond. Um, again, a lot of people disagree with that, and that's completely fair. Um, one thing I will say, though, um, I'm not going to be reviewing the movie as well as the game. I'm just going to be looking at the game today. Um, if you would like uh, an actual in-depth review of the Pierce Brosnan years as Bond, I highly recommend checking out Chat Tsunami. Uh, last year, him and Green Shield uh, sat down and watched all of Pierce Brosnan's movie from GoldenEye all the way to Tomorrow Never Dies, I think is the, the last one that uh, Pierce Brosnan did. Um, they do all of them. and they do really. It's really well done, really funny, really interesting. They've got a really good, a uh, lot of fantastic takes um, on one of my favourite generations of Bond. So I highly recommend checking out Chat Tsunami if you want an in-depth look into the actual game, uh, into the actual movies. Um, but today, I'm just going to be looking at the game. Um, so hopefully that should be okay uh, for you, for you beans. Um, but as I said, it's currently being released on Game Pass. So if when you listen to my review in a minute and you are interested, if you have Game Pass on the Xbox, it's there. You can play it. Um, it's well, actually, you know, I'll leave that for the review. But definitely, if you're interested, check out Chat Tsunami for the movie reviews and stay for me if you want the games. Please do stay because you know I want you to stay and check Chat Tsunami afterwards. But if you're not in it for the games, you must want the show. By all means, Chatsunami is the person you want to check out. So, without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? That's the end of story time. On to the actual review. I am invincible. Sorry, I had to do that. Uh, I always I said in my notes I had to do that at least once. So I thought I'd get it out of the way now. That's my favourite quote from this movie. Um, I think his name's Boris, uh, the little hacker guy. In the, in the Russian hacker, he just goes, I am invincible. I don't know why, it just makes me laugh. Every time I see this movie, it just makes, puts a smile on my face. Um, but anyway, on to the review. Um, so for starters, one thing I want to mention about this game is that it doesn't hold your hand. Now, for anybody who listened a week or two ago to my uh, King Kong movie license uh, game review, I mentioned in that one that that game doesn't hold your hand at all. And I quite like the whole idea of no hand-holding. Like, I like being told the basics, you know, this is how you do this, this is where you, you do that. Um, maybe even the fact of go here, go there, you know. But it's very nice to kind of play a game that has no hand-holding, especially in the modern day. Because modern day games, majority more hand-holding, you're constantly getting text boxes, you're kind of get, always getting hints and tips pop on the screen. Like, even halfway through the game, I'm currently playing through Hi-Fi Rush. And... Uh, that game will constantly give you hints and tips about how to do the basics, even though I'm near to the end of the game. And by this point, I know how to play the game and I know what I'm doing. I'm still getting tons of t hints and tips thrown in my face, like constantly, like full on, like trying to ram it down my throat. And at first it was, you know, fun and it was interesting. It was, oh, OK, you know, that's cool. But then it just gets too much. And then you realize, OK, every game just 
spoon feed you. So it's nice to go back to play games that don't force feed you, that don't are not like, oh, here you go, here's here's the basics. But don't worry, we're going to keep telling you. You've got to go here, and it's going to constantly remind you. Them. We're going to have pop ups and basically any Ubisoft game ever. Um, most recent Ubisoft games, you know, they've got like the task bowl down the one side, and you've got your health bar up here, and you got this down here, you got the shields down here, and blood, all this jazz. And it's just nice to have a game where like there's none of that on the screen. It is just what happens. Like you're playing as Bond, you've got the gun in front of you, you've got the level, and that's it. You know, you don't need the health bar. You don't need this. You don't need that. And like, it's really smart game design when you can actually find a way to incorporate like the health bar and, and ammo and all that into the actual level. Like one of the best games that does it is Dead Space, for example. Dead Space show, has Isaac's health bar on his back, has his stasis bar on his back, has his um, ammo count on his actual gun. So that you can all see this while you're playing the game. So you're always aware. So there's no need for a, a heads-up display. Um, it's all in-game. And I like that. And it's very much non-handholdy. It's very much of like, this is your, this is the basics. This is how you play the game. Just play it and you figure it out. And going back to Bond now, it's very much the same. Like, you know, this is what I was talking about in my King Kong review. That back in the day, games didn't hold your hand. They told they Some games told you, some games didn't. Otherwise, it was just a fact of play the game figure it out and i think that concept works fantastic for this game because in this game you have a set of objectives every level has a set of objectives it could be um go to a level uh find uh, the key decode key leave copy fake copy of the key and then um disactivate generators then leave the level right now when i first played this game i was very naive i very much the figure of like well you know i did about one out of three objectives it'll be okay so you know i followed the level because the levels are quite linear they're quite spaced out but they, it is point a to point b um so i went my way through the level i got to it i found the exit i found 006 which or is it 006 um sean bean's character in, in goldeneye i found him he's like hi james nice to meet you you know have that little interaction and i go for the exit screen face to black then you get this big sort of um like it's like a stats of like your stats of like how good your accuracy was you know um how many bullets did you fire that sort of thing and i was expecting to go you passed you know you succeeded on to the next level because again in my mind again conditioned to modern day gaming is very much the fact of well you know i complete the level you know the game let me finish it early so i assume i finished it then you get to it and it would go mission failed start again and it'd be like you didn't do all the all the objectives you did two out of three you need to do every single objective so then the game makes you do it again from the beginning. And it's very much of that sort of rinse and repeat, that, that fact of um, do better, be better, you know, learn, learn the maps. And it's very much like the gameplay is very fun. You know, it feels like a very groundhoggy sort of game, but better than Deathloop. You know what I mean? And I have to, I have to dig in there because I, I tried... To, the original plan last year was to play Deathloop and review it for the... Um, for the show and that i was going to because uh, now it, it recently been added to game pass i was going to play it because i always said that i wouldn't play the game unless it was free and technically it is on game pass so i played it couldn't really get into it really boring really much of a slugfest and i gave up halfway through and i was like eh, i'm not going to review that game now um but that's just me giving a little dig really but like that it's just funny how like 
there were many times when I was playing through the levels. And, you know, it did get a little frustrating where, like, I couldn't figure out what, what the game wanted me to do or where the game wanted me to go. Because, again, it doesn't hold your hand. It just, go, it, it just goes, find the satellite uplink. It doesn't give you an image of what the satellite uplink looks like. You've just got to think, like, okay, what does... I know what a satellite looks like, so I've got to find a building with a satellite on it. That might be it. So you get there and it goes, that door's locked. And it's the fact of, okay, I've got to go find an enemy somewhere in this level that has the key so once you go and you go through every building eventually you find this bloke kill him then you've got to make your way all the way back to the satellite on link okay now you've done it oh god um you were too took too long uh the satellite uplink didn't work um it broke and now you failed that objective now you failed that objective there's no point in you completing the level it's because you failed one objective so now you've got to go back and redo the level and it sounds tedious but it made me feel like bond it made me feel like a spy and the reason is because you have to think but in real life if you're a spy you have a set of objectives yeah it's all well and good if you do say like you have like three objectives you know infiltrate um get the package and get out well it's all well and good if you infiltrate yeah you got in that's great uh, you've got the package that's fine but on the way out you were seen and you were captured there's no respawn in real life there's no restarting there's no you know having to make sure that those people that saw you forget to see you like no like literally in real life if you was a spy and they saw you that's it you failed done mission over you know you failed you're just lucky in the game world you can restart and try again and it's very much like that it made me feel like bond it made me constantly having to every time i failed or i died i had to retrace my steps and what i found actually after redoing a certain level multiple times i learned the layout of the level i learned I remembered where each enemy was, um, where each component that I needed was. Um, it made me even use my equipment more because originally when I was playing the first few levels, I was just using my gun, my pistol, my silence, uh, PPK. Use that because it was just instant kill. I was using that. I was, you know, I was maybe using a grenade here and there, but didn't really do it. Um, and it wasn't half of level. I kept asking myself, why am I failing? It's asking me to decode the key, but it doesn't tell me how to decode the key. So then I clicked on the select button, found out it scrolls up and I can see all of my um, gadgets. And halfway from the gadgets, if you go down to the bottom of the list, it's key decoder. So I, I go and find the key, kill all the enemies in the area to so make sure that I'm safe. I click on the key decoder. Next thing I know, the key that uh, I picked up earlier has now been decoded and now I can go back to the original location where I found the key I can spit that key out now I've left a copy on the floor as far as the enemy knows I you know I haven't really stolen the key because the key's still there um, and then I can finish the, the mission and it made me constantly think of like okay what am I doing wrong I know the layout I know I think is is what am I missing so I'd go into my gadgets and that made me every level after that made me look at my gadgets of like okay what gadgets have they, have they given me what equipment have i been given for this mission and how could i use said equipment for for each mission you know what i mean so it made me smarter it made me a better spy it made me a better bond you know what i mean it wasn't just a fact of you know go in shoot all the enemies complete the mission it was like no you have to be clever you have to be smart you have to be a spy you know so it was that rinse and repeat but it was fun and I enjoyed that. And like I said, th this game it is a fun experience. You know, it gets me excited to play more old Bond games. And I've actually got... I, I played Casino Royale on the Xbox 360. Um, I played... I've, actually, I haven't played it yet, but I've got um, Blood and Stone to play. 
I've got that to play that I want to give that a go. That was on the 360. There are other Bond games that came out for the 360 that I want to give a go as well. And there's a potential that um, the people that make the Hitman games, IO Interactive, they're also looking at making... I think actually they're... Yeah, I think actually I think it was announced a year or two ago that they are um, currently looking into and working on a new Bond game. So that's really exciting. And this has got me in the mood for more Bond uh, because it was just fun to be able to play a game where you have gadgets. And that's one thing that I miss. And I won't get I won't go off into a tirade because this is something that really bothers me about modern Bond. And I, I promise I won't go off into a huge sort of tirade. But one thing that gets on my nerves about modern Bond is the lack of gadgets. And that's why I've stopped watching Bond. I haven't watched the new Bond. I'm not interested in it because I, I lost faith in, in Bond. Um, I love Daniel Craig and I love his take on Bond, but when you start taking the gadgets away from him, it just doesn't feel like Bond. It just feels like every single generic Mission Impossible sort of action spy thriller. You know, um, it doesn't feel fun anymore. It's it's lost that just it's just that you know that very essence, pure essence of what Bond is should be. It should be silly. It should be. Um, fun it should be action it should be exciting it, bond should be stuck in bond should be given new gadgets by q and then you have to figure oh go how's he going to use this new gadget you know he's got he's been given a remote control for his bmw how's he going to use that oh look he's now he's in the boot of the car and now he's driving the um bmw on his phone like that's amazing like nowadays you probably could do that you know very much so but back during like the 90s that was like blew my mind of like, oh my god that's so you know, next generation spyware. That's really, really cool. You know what I mean? So it was that fun, like getting the getting the gadgets and finding out what, how a Bond was going to use them. And that's why I say like Pierce Brosnan was the last great Bond because after they started taking the gadgets away from Bond, it just became like a really generic spy thriller to me. Um, but I won't go in it too deep. But this is what I love about the games because... In the games, you need the gadgets. You know, you need the, the action as well as the gadget side of things. You know, you know what I mean, and that's what makes it more fun. So, um, oh God, where I lost my space. So I do apologise if the sound went a bit uh, silly. Um, my microphone uh, came out, and I didn't realise. So if I did sound a bit quiet, or the or the sound quality changed a bit, I do apologise. Um, but yeah, I. I Really, I'm really excited for more Bond. I'm hoping for more Bond. Um, I would like more Bond. So um, let's hope, fingers crossed, that new Bond can be better from the people that make Hitman. I haven't played any Hitman games, so I can't really say if it will be good or not. But the Hitman games are really popular and people seem to love them. So um, I've got all faith and hope that it's going to be a good one. So overall, um, I enjoyed this game. I love playing retro. It makes me feel um, it makes me feel old to say that, considering that you know it was it was made a year before I was born. It was made in ninety seven, and I was born in ninety eight. So I'm twenty five. This game's twenty six years old, and it's classed as retro. Um, so that really gets me in the heart, and it makes me feel really old. So um, I don't like it. But you know, at the same stage, like it's nice to play old games and it's nice to play retro. It reminds me of how far we've come—not just in gaming, but how far gaming has come since I was born. Um, like I said, it's it's very very close to when I was born, so it was, it was it's really really um, interesting to see. Um, 
And like I said, I'm excited for more Bond. Um, this was a great experience. It was a great game. Lots of fun. I highly recommend it. You know, yes, it can be a bit tedious and it can get a bit sort of repetitive. And if you don't like the whole Groundhog Day sort of, you know, failing, having to redo the mission sort of thing, if that's not your cup of tea, then, you know, I completely understand. But one thing I will say for anybody who's an achievement hunter who, who, or who um, wants to kind of bump up their gamer score, this game is very generous in achievements, you know, and there's a lot of missions and each mission, I think there's like, oh, there's about 12, 13, maybe a bit more missions. And each one of them gives you 20 game score each, as well as you think, I think you get like 40, a 35 to 40 game score for completing the game. So add on all of those 20, as well as the sort of big lump sum you get at the end. That's not bad. I think about 800, oh, it's about, I think it's about 800 game score or so. Um, as well as if you do any of the speed trials, if like this, like each one thing that's quite famous for GoldenEye and one thing that's kept that sort of flame alive for that game is a lot of people do speed runs trying to complete the missions and trying to complete the objectives in a set amount of time and that if you can do those if you can beat the time to beat the levels um, in the game you'll get an extra 10 gamer score for completing the time complete the game in a certain amount of time and levels in a certain amount of time and, and you different difficulties as well so there's all those little things there that kind of sort of add to it uh, but if you're not if you're just looking for like a bond experience or you want to leave relive your childhood um, definitely game pass golden eye check it out it's a lot of fun and um yeah so that's been my review i'm going to go off to the end now hope you will enjoy it and i will see you in a bit Right, so here we are at the end. One thing I do want to say before I properly round off, I do apologise um, if the sound quality dips there. As I mentioned, um, the, my microphone had came out while I was recording and it was just recording off my standard normal sort of, micro, um, sort of phone microphone. So if at any moment the sound quality dipped and didn't sound very good or was very quiet, again, I do apologise. Um, I would try to... Try to fix that in sort of um, editing and try to shorten it down as much as possible um, and try to sort of make it a bit smaller. I, I don't know how long the microphone was out for, so I yeah, I won't know until editing um, if it's a very long time or very short time, but I do apologise for anybody uh, inconvenienced. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I just apologise for that and um, I will try to make sure next time that I, I'm aware of if the microphone is in or not. But I don't think you missed anything important. It was mostly me just rambling on about probably James Bond and gadgets and going into a bit of a rant. So it's probably a good thing that the mic came out. Um, but putting that to one side, um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I uh, hope you all liked it. As always, you know, let me know on Twitter at nerdsagicrunters.com. You can DM me or you can... Um, send me just a normal tweet let me know if you agree with me if you disagree with me um if you listen to this on youtube don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a comment again same thing leave a comment if you agree with me if you disagree with me if you've played this game if you haven't who's your favorite bond who was the bond that you watched growing up you know that sort of thing again i want to know all this stuff you know i want to stop a dialogue i want to talk to you beans a lot more and, and and understand what you like and what you don't like and what you want to see from me more like as of recording this, um, Ice Age, the Ice Age 2 review that I did is my most successful um, episode 
of all season two so far um on youtube it's currently got 35 views um which doesn't sound like a lot but for me it means a lot uh, especially how that on my uh, anchor i only get like um about six five to six actual sort of listens on spotify and stuff like that so it it's really it means a lot to me but what my point is what it means is the fact of from looking at the views that that's got and the traction it's getting and how many how many people are watching it and listening to it for how long they're listening to it because youtube gives you all that analytics from there um that ice age 2 or even ice age in general um you beans want to see more of it so i will look into doing more ice age stuff in in the future um but that's what i mean is like if I can get more sort of data to know what you beans like, what you don't like, what you want to see, what you don't want to see, then I can best sort of change my plans or even keep my plans the way they are and try to push more than what you love. You know what I mean? So if you let me know, it'll be fantastic. So remember to like, comment and, you know, let me know about what you like and what you don't like and all that jazz. And um, yeah, so you can find this podcast on spotify on anchor google podcasts amazon music Podcasts, audible um like i said i'm also on youtube um if you listen to this on spotify don't forget to give me a star rating from one to five stars one star being the best the worst thing you've ever heard in your life five stars the best thing you've ever heard in your life four three two you know whatever you feel like is fair let me know um it was really really helpful um i currently found out because anchor updated itself that there are 60 people who are currently following this show on Spotify. So I just want to say hello to all 60 of you. um, And thank you very much for following me and listening. Um, It all means a lot to me. And um, yes, so that should be it for today. Again, I do apologize for the dip in quality and sound. Um, Again, I'll try to fix it in post, but no promises. Because again, I don't know how long um, that uh, the microphone was out for. So um, if it's too long... I might bring it down a little bit, but I might not be able to get rid of it completely. But um, we will see. Again, I do apologize. But these things happen in podcasting. You know what I mean? So um, please don't hate me too much. But as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have been your host, Luke. You've been listening to the Nerd Sergeant podcast. And I will catch you in the next one. All right, Beans. Bye-bye.